Welcome to the Witches and Wine audio experience. Read the cards or you try to internalize some of the ideas that come at you that precisely have the potential to destabilize completely your uh, habitual patterns of thinking, then when you then you see the value in that. Let's say that I'm a young woman who isn't at that point in life yet where she's totally zen, where she can let go of identity. She's not looking <laughs> super clearly. She's like 25 years old. She's starting a corporate job. She's starting to date. And she's turning to the tarot because she's trying to figure out her life. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing to do is that um, you need to ponder on the context of your situation okay. and try to concretize that context to something that can be formulated into a concise, coherent, and concrete question. I okay, let's say that I have a career question. Let's okay, say let's that I'm wondering whether or not mm-hmm. I should change jobs. And mm-hmm. I want to move to someplace else, but I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to get a new job. The economy's not that great. My parents are mm-hmm. telling me, oh, you, you should stay at your job because it's safe. So... Mm-hmm. When you say context and you make it into a concrete question, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what I mean is also, say, you can start out the, the way I hear you talk about it. You're already introducing a whole bunch of projections. Oh, I need to change my career, and, but I'm not so sure about it. And if I do something else, uh, how, how would that look like? Um, what is, so, so, you know, you are bringing to the table already, even before realizing it, that would be your unconscious speaking, you know, you're bringing to the table a whole lot of anxiety. So, you know, so we can, uh, if you come to me with that question, then obviously, as I was saying, when I try to listen to what you're asking, I also try to detect, you know, where your question comes from, what is it that informs it? And in this case here, I can hear it, and it's a classic, and I totally get it, you know. I've been there myself, believe me. When I try to understand what is happening, you know, I try to see what other variables are being put on my table that may or may not have to do with the concern at hand. So say, I need to change my job, and I want to learn about some strategies. So, so here what I do is well, I help people understand that the clearer they get to formulate what they want exactly and what they really want, sometimes that's not a given, you know, uh, uh, then we can arrive at, um, uh, at, at a precise answer, you know, so say, if I were to push people a little bit and say, okay, so what is your real concern here? And I say, well, I have this education and I've been doing this work and now I need to do something else and I'm really just not sure if I can hack it. Now, 
you know, the whole context is informed by fear. Fear is not never reality, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I, I could I could instantly give everybody a pep talk or a one-on-one Zen, one-on-one, no problem. <laughs> but often I would hold that. So I just work with that premise and I look at, okay, so I hear that you are afraid. Uh, and you, because you're afraid, you want to maximize, let's use that word from the corporatist environment, how can you maximize your chances, you know, <laughs> to, uh, to to become successful in the new line of business or whatever it is? So, you know, so I never dismiss that kind of type of question simply because I already detect that at, the, at its premise, there is a whole lot of fiction, which is called, I'm just afraid. I suffer from anxiety. So, you know, I let that in. And then there is the question, what do you really want to know? Well, I want to know how I can be successful at this next thing. So, okay, so the, then we can look at what steps, you know, you can take. So then I, I help people formulate questions, you know, along these lines of what would be the most beneficial for me at the level of attitude, you know, to embody. So, you know, so I lay down the, the cards and then I say, okay, so the cards here suggest, so that's a kind of like in between, um, in between the type of reading that I say either a reading that calls for a purely descriptive level where we simply look at, okay, the situation is like this, and then we can describe it, no? Um, so we have a situation where that is in place, but then there is another context that we can bring in that we identify with a more predictive world, you know, where we try to, based on the analysis of the situation, or let's say what the cards suggest at the analytical level, or you know, we have to do that kind of decoding because if we have, we think a little bit, you know, we encode what is happening, what is happening right here and right now. Then based on that, you can you can begin to to offer some proactive advice, and then you can begin to look at what cards may suggest, you know, concretely what would be beneficial for this 25 year old woman to embody at the level of attitude. Now let me just draw cards at random. So here is the, the force, right? I, I work with these French uh, cards from 1650. Uh, the uh, Jean Noblet designed this in in, uh, in Paris. So uh, you know, so this so this person, if this this if this one pops in the reading, you know, um, and then one could say, well, it's very clear that you're struggling with the situation here. Here we have a woman trying to open the mouth of this lion, you know. So if we just activate that first indexical level of recognition, you know what's happening here? It's very simple. Uh, a woman is trying to, she's fighting, you know, or she's trying to force the mouth of this lion open, yeah? So it's, there is some struggle in any way. So we would say, okay, so say this card comes in uh, as yeah, in the spread, uh, connected to the suggestion um, that we call for, you know, regarding what is best to embody, what is most beneficial to embody. So if this one is part of the string of cards, I don't really do positional readings where in more standard um, tarot, uh, in the Anglo-American community, you know, this used to be a practice uh, already since the 60s and early actually, where you just did positional readings or you lock cards in positions. It's like, this is me and this is my enemy and this is my mother yeah. and this is my father and this is your boss. I mean, it's kind of easy to relate to that. Uh, so in the 
the practice that I use or the method that I teach is simply just lay down three cards and simply look at what emerges. If I were to give advice, I would say, well, you what you need to embody is this kind of uh, force, you know, like you need to bear it. <laughs> like, and you need to get ready to overcome situations where it is clear that you are not on the same page with other people. You know, this is a human and this is an animal. So, I mean, even logically speaking, right, how are you going to get this animal to understand what you try to do? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so, you know, so if this came in, uh, this came as part of the of the reading, this card, the reading that calls for giving advice to what you can do so you can maximize your chances to, to be successful at this job, I would say, well, how about you get ready to bear it so that you can overcome, uh, you know, whatever it is, because it looks like, anyway, uh, that you will be dealing with people who you, although you might be thinking, you know, so then, then there is this other issue that some would say, yeah, but I'm the, I'm the novice. I'm the one who doesn't get it. So maybe I am the lion. Maybe I'm not the boss. Maybe it's me who's the lion. That can also come up, you know. But let's just assume that the woman here, she still has some force of her own, and we can identify that. And then we assign the, the higher human, the, the, the stronger the, in size. You know, we can assign, assign this person to her and say, okay, this is you struggling with somebody who just doesn't get it. So I would say, okay, you walk into that new environment, your new job, and try to be attuned to the fact that for all your efforts, there will still be some moron there, <laughs> or a beast, <laughs> you know, like the beast is right here, who will just not get it. And then the next question, of course, would be like, okay, if that is the situation, what can I do about that? You know, <laughs> uh, how can I, how can I bypass the fact that for all my efforts, there will still be some who will resist me, yeah? So, of course, you can go in, and depending on what other cards you get there, talk about that. You know, as you can hear, it can be very concrete, and you can anchor a reading like this in, in exactly in what you see. Uh, very simple. I mean, in fact, I talked about the emperor. So, if this one came up, so I would advise the woman and say, listen, you know, so even though this is a new environment and you are a little afraid, how about you just walk in there, speaking of the symbolic, how about you walk in there, don the suit, you know, and uh, the gaze of the, the ruler, <laughs> try and uh, exude that kind of energy. Um, nobody messes with you. You know, you know your shit about your own territory. This one can territorialize, this one has a plan, this one realizes the plan, this one goes for it. Yeah. So I said to the woman, you do that, you embody this figure. Now, in contrast, say she got something else, uh, maybe she got this one. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite, this is my least favorite, this is the lovers. Yeah. So we see here a young man caught between these women. So in, a con in the context of work, I would simply, again, context rules all readings. I never read for without the question. Depending on the uh, on the context, if this one was about work and how you can hack it, I would say maybe you should be aware of gossip. Maybe you don't want to be so impressionable. Maybe you don't want to, to be open to what the person to the left says, what the person to the right says, 
Oh, this one says this and the other one says that. And then you sit there all the time and you are like <laughs> completely unaware. It's like this anemic young man, you know, who can never make, make up his own mind. On the other hand, of course, the opposite can also be true, where I could advise the woman, depending on what other cards she gets in the spread or the layout, I could also advise us, you know what, perhaps it's a good idea to listen to all parties. Don't make up, don't, don't make any decisions, don't go with the first, how about you just try to be impartial? Well, this is uh, where I like, think a lot of people get very, very, very confused, because I think mm -hmm. most people, they want the yeah. cards to mean the same thing in the same <laughs> context, right? So you're yeah. basically saying that it's so unique on the situation, and that same lover's card could mean five different things and with other cards it can mean totally different things you'll always have access to contextual markers you know there will always be information in there that leads you into what you really want to know and against the background of which you end up formulating your question so you know so and that is always the one thing that you must hold yourself against because you will not have anything else well, yeah, you, you can have, you know, random books that you can check with their list and say, oh, lovers love making, following your heart. You know, I often get people who have some knowledge of the tarot and then they come to me and then all the they think they identify the lover, they pops in the spread. And if they don't know my style of reading, then they get so excited, you know, like, oh, I got the lover, so now I can get to do what I love and it's love. And I'm like, get real. I mean, if you just get down to looking at this card and then of course uh, allowing for that which you see at the like first order you know level of signification just look at what pe the people on the cards uh, on the card represented are doing <laughs> so you can see how awkward he is one woman has uh, his uh, her hand on his heart no come with me and the other one has her hand on his shoulder, no, but you gotta listen to me. So if you start noticing to all of these things, you will see how you can instantly arrive at just what you need to know. Because because you will, you will be able to relate all of these gestures, all of these stylized gestures, all of these stylized movements to what you, what you are all about. Sure, if I'm not emotionally involved in the situation, Yes, mm. I can lay down these cards and I can see them. But mm. reality is, is that I'm not laying down cards because my life is great. I'm laying down cards because <laughs> I need answers. I'm confused. I'm laying down these cards. Let's see, I see the lovers. Does this mean the gossip? Does this mean I'm being torn between two things? How do mm -hmm. I know what it means? Well, you'll know it because you'll have a question. If you don't have a question, you can stare at the cards and just contemplate on, on the images. That you can also do. So, again, the meaning only arises when there is a question on the table. And then you lay down three cards, and then you'll instantly see that there is something there, you know, that you will be able to relate, perhaps in, in my ideal cartomantic world, you will be able to relate to to do whatever you go through in ways that are not habitual, yeah? So the beauty of it is always in the, comes in the, in the way in which you are capable of combining uh, contradictory ideas often. And if, mind you, you know, in fact, the more we do this, the more we 
can align ourselves with the, the definition of a genius. You know? <laughs> I mean, a classical definition of a genius is, consists actually of, of people's ability to combine ideas. They have combinatorial ability. If you can do that in such a way so that all of a sudden a system arises, the systems are fascinating, you know, then you are a genius. I mean, if you ask me, the person who figured out that all our lives, no matter what we go through, can be reduced to four types, you know, that we find in, that we actually find in the in the playing card deck. Somebody was a genius to stylize all these events in life that we experience on a daily basis that can, in effect, be reduced to just four manifestations, with the cups you drink, with the coins you transact, with the batons you build, and with the, with the swords you stab. So somebody... We don't know because historically nobody knows what the playing card divination and association with so-called meanings came from. Nobody knows. We don't have any evidence for all that. But they are here. And we, we totally get that very commonsensical and basic meaning, you know, to, to what they stand for. Because the suits very actively embody these experiences that we are having, right? So they're not difficult to, to figure out. Now, once we're done with that. We, somebody again is somewhere, somewhere in the 1500s, they decided, oh, let's have some, uh, some figureheads, you know, there is a court here and uh, somebody rules and somebody else uh, wants to go to the mountain and be a monk and the other people are traitors and other people are, you know, you, let's go to the spa where we can watch the naked ladies. Uh, yeah. So somebody had the, the brilliant idea to add on top of the four suits these other types that now also go by the name of the major arcana or the grand secrets, right? Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, they just, these figures, they just the figureheads, they just the trumps, you know, in a, in, a, in a tarot pack, they just embody again that which we recognize culturally. So to make the point about the context, when you bring a question you can follow the chain of the, the events that we can experience in different ways all according to how we respond to these situations that can fall into these four categories. What if you're and an I overthinker? Can... What if you're not somebody who can just... I think a lot of people are like that, right? Overanalyze. Mm -hmm. I'm like that. I overanalyze everything, including the cards. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you advise for people, the average person, I would say who mm -hmm. is going to overanalyze the cards, who's going to think of every single possibility, every single context, try to fit the story into that. Well, you know what I say is that the, the one thing that saves you, and you'll find this in all the Buddhist uh, discourse, you'll find that the most useful is to actually advise people to pay attention, just pay attention to where you are at right now. You can allow for a billion of analytical thoughts to overwhelm you, sometimes to give you enormous pleasure. Some of us love to suffer <laughs> from, you know, seeing one issue, 20,000 facets, you know, <laughs> worse than cutting a, a, a diamond, the brilliant diamond. So no problem, you know, we can acknowledge that pleasure that we can derive even from going over and over and over and, you know, we can indulge our perfectionisms and all that. As long as you know that that is what you're doing, hooking yourself into these obsessive patterns, then you're safe.
recognize what is happening right now, accept it such as it is, and then maybe investigate with yourself when you come to that point, if you can kick that awareness in and simply say, now, why am I clinging to this? So, you know, the why is a very nasty kind of uh, uh, key to deconstructing your own spirituality. Wow. Yeah. While you were talking, just randomly, <laughs> like my hand just reached over, shuffled some tarot cards. And mm -hmm. in my mind, I asked, what do I need to do? to stop overanalyzing when I'm reading mm -hmm. cards. Okay. Hangman, reverse. Mm -hmm. Oh, are you using reverse? Oh, drop that. Drop, okay. <laughs> yeah, drop that. Who the fuck needs reversals? All right, you don't like need that. reversals. All that reversals idea is already inherent in the cards, you know? Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. King so of let's swords. Let's see the hangman in his, yeah. What's the next? King of swords. I don't know. And then, last, eight of coins. How can I stop overthinking? How about the hangman describing already the very situation of what happens when you overthink? That you are already somehow suspended between <laughs> meanings. Oh, this and that. I, I need to think some more about this. Yeah, I need to think some more. I'm, I'm suspended between realities i'm suspended between meanings i'm suspended between i just you know go a little like this you know i don't even have any agency mm, i wonder who hanged me up there you know <laughs> we can also put it that way so you feel a little powerless that's why i asked what is the function of this the hangman he has no agency he's, he's in a position of complete powerlessness so when we talk about the context of people overthinking, isn't it so that what informs over, overthinking is ultimately of this power, this feeling of powerlessness? I never really um, give my narrative a lift off because I never get there because I, I am always stuck here, suspended between meanings. I'm always suspended here over my own analytical processes there is nothing that can drive my narrative forward so you know the hangman here just describes your situation of being in that state overthinking being suspended between realities between meaning between having to decide which one is which because your your process your analytical process never finishes right so then the next you get the man with the sword the, okay so how about this guy, you know, maybe he turns slightly towards, yeah, okay, now he's gazing in the, in the other direction. Um, but you could argue that you said, what do I need to do to stop overthinking? Well, you can just decide to, to, uh, to, to take a sharp object <laughs> and release that hangman from his rope, you know, whatever keeps him hanging there. How about you just a little bit turn towards the, the, the hangman and then release he release him from his pain, you know, the the hangman. I mean, I do so he doesn't feel in pain, but I don't know, like how how much can you be hanging like that before you before you, before you expire, as it were, not 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 for long. So unless somebody comes and rescues that person mm -hmm. from hanging there between realities and meanings and in endless analytical processes, you are not going to get any value out of your readings, which the eight coins 
emphasize it. So in other words, how can I stop thinking? Well, if you think about how much value there is in being sharp or just being more um, oriented towards that action. And I'm going to cut us through this endless analysis that I'm so good at. <laughs> I'm simply going to cut myself loose from this grip. And in your case, yeah, it's interesting to see that the card suggests that there is an external agent that has done the hanging to you. So it's not even sure that you and your own mind is pulling this trick or the overthinking, the over analytical trick on you. There may be some other external external uh, agents that bring you to that point where you are forever suspended here and you you can't get past of the over-analytical stage. So you see here, if you just make that decision, you said, what can I do? Right? What can I do to stop overthinking? Well, quite sometimes if, if people need a magical action, I say, you know, that's difficult to concretize, to make it more tangible. I would have right by me, or if it's writing, or if it, um, whatever project you are at, you know, I would have a little knife right next to me, you know, that would remind me, you know, to put a stop to that. <laughs> and so I'm so going to just cut this, you know, and then, and then get on with the program. The king of the king of swords is like your general. He's the he's your best strategic friend. He's your, he's the tactician, you know. He he lays plans and then he goes to war. <laughs> this is a man of war, you know, um, so that he can win. So this is not a guy who is beating about the bushes about what his aim is. So you know, so if you just activate within yourself that power which you, you can have if you just remind yourself of the fact that you can actually stop you know you can say okay i have been overseeing yeah i have lo i have looked now at these cards for at least 30 minutes just stop it <laughs> you know just stop it and then and then release yourself and then say okay i'm gonna stop it right now and the next thing that falls into my head will be the answer and that's it. That's the practice. It's not sure you get it right. I mean, what is right, what is wrong, I don't know. But if you hold yourself to the context of your question, if you remember your question ad verbatim, then I would be surprised if in that moment when, when you say, I'm done with this, I have been looking at these cards for 30 minutes, in that moment when you make that decision and say to yourself, the next line I come up with about these three cards will be my answer, you know, I will almost stake my head on it that it will also be exactly that which you need to hear. You know, you 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 yourself, you know, can sit and watch a samurai movie, I don't know, and then you say, oh, I'm having this problem, I need to have some answers, and I'm going to sit here and simply just watch this dumb movie, whether it's educational or just pure Hollywood shit. Uh, and then if you go into that with this intent, that I'm going to get some answers to this, whatever it is that, pains me, believe me, and this is the backbone of all divination uh, traditions, you're going to have an answer. So, you know, whether you use cards, whether you divine by Twitter, <laughs> like whether you got, like, you know, I have something in, 
sometimes just out of uh, I get the kick out of it, you know, just because I like to to see what arises, and then uh, it it always prompts me into thinking about how I can relate this completely random information to something that's very concrete. Twitter number ten from the from the feed stream is going to be my answer. You know? <laughs> that, me, that that's a kind of a bibliomantic practice that will answer my particular dream I had last night that I really can't wrap my head around. <laughs> so you, know, so you, you, you can get very entertained. So my point is that when you do that, it's completely like no different than all these other more or less sophisticated so-called more or less scientific approaches what we go with astrology and I don't know, sometimes people think astrology is a science. Astrology is a divinatory art, you know. <laughs> as is everything else, you know, so it's based on interpretation. Hey, Camelia, she like totally ripped into me one time, like I put up a spread in a, a Facebook group. In the West, the teachers have to be supportive, but I feel like in an mm. Eastern tradition, teachers mm. are often um, assholes to their students yeah. because that's the only way the students learn. So at your school, the school is called Aradia Academy, is that how you pronounce mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. tell me more it's about a, this academy. It's a play on my hometown. I was born in Arad in Romania, so I called it Aradia. Though, of course, you know, Aradia is also the moon goddess, so I thought, ah, why not? Let's have a little bit of a witchy touch to mm -hmm. all this. Um, so, yeah, so the, the uh, I, I tried to create a whole curriculum that uh, is based on offering... Um, Foundation courses, foundation level courses in uh, the standard decks that we know of, that people enjoy. The Marseille tarot cards, the Lenormand card, uh, oracle, and the playing cards. And each of the foundation um, uh, courses, they also have a an advanced module. Then I have a, a program in, uh, it's a one-on-one -on -one program in cards and zen. And that is a, it, that's brutal, that's nasty. <laughs> Exactly the kind, and not everybody. Some people they go all the way. The first module is 18 months, so it's wow. a lot of work. Um, and then uh, it's not everybody finishes it, but those who finish it, it's like <laughs> somebody was just saying to me, oh, You are raising a samurai army, you know, and I was like, I am. And then you know, that's a don't be daft, you know, this already because <laughs> I have, I have a I have a love for anything martial arts, you know, so you know, I, uh, I refer actually on, on many, on numerous occasions to my um, style of reading cards as martial arts cartomancy, you know, <laughs> the idea of just cutting through the damn thing, you know, reading the, the, the damn cards, you know, without any, any other, it's like I don't like the ambiguous. So what interests me is this, you know, is the shit transparent or not? <laughs> so you know, and if it is, then it's like there is only one thing you can say, not ten, not twenty, not uh, let's keep it on some other level where I'm being polite or I'm being uh, ethical as the other thing where I don't get me going. <laughs> I mean, for me to judge anything, I never judge the question and I never judge, you know, what comes out of the cards. I just want to see things as things are. That is my ambition, you know. And that can hurt. So I have uh, 33 lessons in there that are 
geared towards making people feel utterly uncomfortable. <laughs> because we, I simply peel off every single dear thing that people hold to their hearts, you know. And, and while everybody wants to go with me there, when we send every bad person to hell, yeah, people are not so readily, um, you know, uh, accepting of the uh, inverse situation where I may say, how about you send your son to hell today? Wow. <laughs> you that a few times and then you're going to see, then you're going to see, you know, what comes out of it. But the whole point is that you make people realize that any form of clinging to anything, anything that appears to the mind, even every time you even a little bit get excited about what you see, get excited even about the ways in which you think this is the path and this is the solution to my thing. Then you pull back and say, hey, what is the premise for this thinking? What I'm trying to get to is realizing what what is not the truth. <laughs> and, and these are the things that I feel are only there warming our hearts for something like five minutes. That, to me, is inadequate. You know, I want more. <laughs> I want clarity. I don't, I don't just want to be big or a big bad witch. I want to be clear in my head. That's what I want. And that is a completely different world, you know. But basically, that's what we do in Arabia. Yeah? So we, we use the cards really with you to simply knocking our habitual thinking off completely well, we end up there where we are not excited anymore. I mean, some people say, isn't that boring to just have a continuum? And I'm like, how is having constant peace of mind boring? The advice that you're giving, and I'm sure it's the advice that you give to your students in your academy yeah. as well, especially yeah. with the one-on-one stuff, is yeah. the cards, they actually don't really matter. It's yeah. the clarity of how you see... Yeah. Cards, coffee grinds, tea leaves, mm. going on mm. Twitter looking at the tenth message. Like it That's could be it. anything. It could be cracks mm. on the sidewalk. It doesn't matter. Mm. It's mm-hmm. it starts mm. from here. It starts with the clarity. Without this, mm. it doesn't matter what you use. It's gonna be shit if it's not mm. super clear. And I love mm. that message you're giving because most people who are doing tarot, they don't even think that way. They're not even thinking like, let's, you know, let's first consider if we're thinking about things clearly. They're just like, give me the meaning of what the hangman means. Give me the mm-hmm. meaning of what the empress means. Give me the meaning mm-hmm. of this so that when I lay out the mm-hmm. cards, I can just yeah. get, get a lazy version. But you're saying, fuck lazy, because you're not mm-hmm. going to get good results if you do like a lazy reading. Mm-hmm. You have to start from a clear, almost like... I guess like samurai master sort of mine if you want the best results because you don't need this for the best results you just need you just need a clear mind and you could just do it with blades of grass you could do it with clouds in the sky it doesn't really matter it's just Mm -hmm. divination is actually here in your mind well divination is here always as long as as I said as long as you also start out of this premise that there, there is such a thing as simplifying there is such a thing as seeing clearly because you make an effort to boil everything down to the one essence that you are able to identify the whole thing is all about, yeah? So that's why I'm much more interested in running with that discourse that has uh, that dictates 
Look at the function of a suit. Where does it come from? Why? You know, what's the logic? How do we get from A to B? Uh, even in this exposition that we have, the story of the four suits, you know. So what are all these four? Well, they all stand very simply for a representation of the four castes, you know, or the four, uh, the cardinal points, you know, the south, west, and east, and north. They all stand for the for stuff that we relate to in our own lives that we can't even we can't go through life without you know knocking our head against some kind of wall that that already um, contains all of these. I mean, with the cups, I have we have some wine here. Cheers to you. Oh, oh. Cheers. So here is the wine, you know. So with the cups or with the hearts, you know, the blood is streaming. So. We get all hot in our inside. With the batons, well, we go out and compete a little bit. And then when we are done, we put the sticks somewhere so we can have a fence or we can build a house and we can do something. Yeah? They emphasize some sort of work that we got to do. Uh, the spades, well, the function of the spades is simply to just stab the spades. They inflict pain, you know, and we can talk about um, physical pain like and cutting yourself with a knife while you chop your vegetables. You're going to be feeling something that's not so nice. Uh, the same for, for verbal aggression, you know. Sometimes when you say, like, ah, that, that guy did that work. He, he was so stabbing, you know. He was saying these nasty things to me. Um, and then the coins, I mean, lo and behold, you know, the coins, I mean, what do we use them for? Well, we transact with them, right? So they have... They have symbolic monetary value, you know, they have symbolic financial value. We transact with all that. No, I buy something, I sell you something, and so on and so forth. It's all there. So, of course, one, it's very easy to read with a pack of cards where you can see how these suits, they come to expression. We feel as it were, we live. We have the experience of these four suits in our lives without ever having to think about it. What is the message that emerges that you can derive from having seen how this essential quality of this card enters into dialogue or play with this other essential quality of this other thing that I know about, whether it's at suit level or number level or uh, other formal properties such as design and color level, whatever. So as long as, you know, you make that kind of, uh, reflection or start contemplating about what the essence of each damn thing is <laughs> then you know you are there where you can say well yeah exactly so if it's cards or if it's twitter or if it's bones or if it's the stars and the moon uh, the, you know the planets I mean it doesn't matter guys if you want to comment what do you feel about tarot and trying to combine that with Zen stuff? I mean, are you the type of person who just needs to know what the cards mean? Or do you think that maybe, yeah, it is more about context. It is more about trying to see what the cards are saying to you on that particular day with that particular question. And what are your challenges with that? Because I know I have challenges. So let us know in the comments below. Camelia, thank you so much again for this amazing like next level, super meta, multi-level interview. And this was really fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Witches and Wine audio experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting me on Patreon. You can choose between a few membership tiers. They're super affordable and flexible. Your membership helps me continue making videos, podcasts, articles, lots of different things about all the sweet witchy stuff. Links are in the show notes. Also, don't forget to go on iTunes and give this a five-star rating. Each five-star rating helps rank this podcast higher in searches so that as many witches can find and enjoy these episodes as well. Until next time, this is Chawan signing off.